0: You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast. I'm Scott Kokenauer, I'm your host, and I am really glad that you're here listening with me, especially this episode, because what we're going to talk about are the hallmarks of a fantastic fourth quarter. What is fourth quarter? Fourth quarter are your 60s and your 70s. We break a typical lifespan of about 80 years into 20-year segments. Quarter number one is your first 20 years. That's your learning quarter. This is where you're being nurtured, you're being raised, you're being educated, When you get into your 20s and 30s, that's your second quarter. That is your building quarter. This is the quarter where you are building a family, building a home, building a career, perhaps even building a business. When you reach the third quarter, your 40s and your 50s, something strange happens. It happens to every one of us, and it happens uniquely. We don't all experience exactly the same situation, but for the most part, in our third quarter, we have what I call an awakening. We begin to question, what is our purpose? Where are we going? Why were we created in the first place? What is it all about? Because your family has been built, your career has been built, your home's been built, your, your business has been built. But you're asking yourself now, what's next? Now, the baby boomers, before we get into the fourth quarter, let me say something about the baby boomers. I I love them. My parents were baby boomers. I am very close to being a baby boomer myself, being 57, born in 65, but they have given us a scenario that has become synonymous with aging. A couple of examples. Have you ever heard of the phrase, Lordy, Lordy, look who's 40, and someone will Put a bunch of headstones in the front yard at, at your 40th birthday. The four and the zero balloons are black. The other day I saw someone turn 60, and the six and the zero were black balloons. Another phrase is over the hill, riding off into the sunset, fading. This is these are this is the picture that we have been given of what aging is all about. And so we struggle with that. I think we struggle with it unintentionally, or not unintentionally, but unnecessarily. We don't have to struggle with this. Aging does not mean irrelevance and decline and becoming fading off into oblivion. Quite the opposite. It is in our third quarter, our, fifth, our 40s and our 50s, where we have a tremendous opportunity To design and build a fantastic fourth quarter of 60s and 70s, leading into our 80s. And if we're lucky, we can live into extra innings or an overtime, if you want to call that, beyond our 80th birthday. This podcast is designed for you in the 40s and the 50s who have had or are beginning to have the awakening. We are going to be talking on this podcast about what is involved in designing a fantastic fourth quarter. Those of you listening who are already in your fourth quarter, it's not too late. As they say, the best time to plant a tree was 25 years ago, and the second best time to plant a tree is today. As long as you're breathing, you have hope. So I want to give you the six hallmarks of a fantastic fourth quarter. We're going to just list them here, briefly describe them. And then that six part hallmark viewpoint, or framework, if you will, is going to be the backbone of all future episodes. We'll be talking about each of these six areas in the podcast. So let's get into the six hallmarks Of a fourth quarter. We'll start with spiritual. Spiritual grounding. When you are spiritually grounded, that is a hallmark of a fantastic fourth quarter. What do I mean by spiritually grounded? Well, I will tell you that I was raised in a Midwestern conservative Christian background. What I learned in Sunday school was that there was a god who created everything there was a god that had no beginning and had no end he's everlasting and one of the three parts of the trinity was god's son prior to god's son coming to earth to become our sacrifice the way sins were atoned for was a the, the people would pick out the best of the best of their sheep, of their livestock, and once a year would bring that to the temple and offer that livestock as a sacrifice for all of the sins that they had committed in the year. It was an, an atonement for their sins. That was the way things went. That was the rule. That was the just the way things were done. Having to do with our sins. Then God sends his son to become the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, and he became the lamb that was slain for our sins. What I also learned in Sunday school was that this same son of God, three days later, rose from the grave to victoriously defeat death once and for all, giving each of us the opportunity to accept in faith what God's Son had done for us, and we no longer have to find livestock each year to sacrifice. This is what I was raised on. This is what I came to believe and if you listen to the episode where i share my story you will get an idea a little bit of the devastation when i was a 50 year old without a career that four plus year period i had tremendous question of god i had served god for 50 years well i was raised you know at some point probably age 12 Is when I accepted Christ into my heart and served him all those years. And yet, this thing happened where my career, my certainty, my confidence was taken from me. I questioned God. I went through a real, real struggle with my faith. I will not go into the all the gory details of that, but in essence, I shook my fist at God and said, you are not who you said you were. You did not take care of me like you said you would. And through that struggle, I found that the God that I had created in my mind was a God that I could understand. And those of you who were raised in the Christian tradition, the the Christian religion, and the Gospels that are found in the Bible, you will agree, I believe, with the fact that the God that we serve is way, way beyond anything that could be described. So, I came ultimately to the conclusion that I had God figured out. And when you have God figured out, you are serving God a small God and a small G God. So I'm not going to force my beliefs on any of you. My approach is a come and see kind of thing. Just watch my life. Watch me struggle. (laughs) Watch me figure things out. I don't have it all together, but I do have a grounding in my spiritual life. Grounding spiritually may look different to you, but the signs of a spiritually grounded fourth quarter dweller is someone who is at peace in their heart, in the depths of their soul. I spend a lot more time on that particular one because the extent to which you are spiritually grounded, all of the other five areas that we're going to cover are dramatically impacted. So let's move on from the spiritual To the physical part of our life. Another hallmark of a fantastic fourth quarter is that you are physically fit. Physically fit. What do I mean by physically fit? Well, I'm glad you asked. Being fit does not mean being able to lift 400 pounds dead weight. Being fit does not mean being able to run a marathon once a week, which I know people who have literally done that. In fact, I have a cousin who can run 50 miles. 50 miles. Get your mind wrapped around that, running 50 miles (laughs) without stop. That's crazy to me. That's crazy talk. Physically fit in our physical aspect of life can mean being able to stretch and to have endurance, stamina, being able to move, without great pain, again, just like the spiritual groundedness hallmark, being physically fit means different things to different people. But you're able to move, you're able to stretch, you're able to maybe get out and walk. Run is certainly going to be somebody's part of what it means to be physically fit. Let's move on to the third hallmark, and that is relationally rich. So we're entering into the relational part of our our life. These are the relationships that we have with people. What does it mean to be relationally rich? Well, imagine waking up at 2.30 in the morning with extreme, extreme pain. You don't know what's causing it. You can't get out of bed. You can't get yourself to the doctor or the hospital, the emergency room. But right within reach is your phone. The question that I have for you is, if you were in a situation like that, who do you have that you would be able to call and they would wake up, take the call, and be willing to get up and come to your help and take you to the emergency room? That's an example of a relationally rich relationship. I've heard someone say, blessed is the person who has people in their lives who are willing to carry your coffin. Relationally rich. These are people that you do life with. These are people that you cry with and laugh with and celebrate with. Do you have a handful of people in your life where you would consider them a rich relationship let's move on to the fourth hallmark and that is emotionally healthy emotions we are emotionally being emotional beings we can't ignore our emotions they are a part of life they are also amoral which means there's nothing right or wrong with our emotions the judgment or the evaluation of an emotion is more ha- more has to do with what we do with those emotions in scripture it says do not in your anger do not sin so the assumption is that we're going to get angry in your anger it doesn't say don't be angry or if you get angry angry it's in your anger do not sin we are emotional beings A hallmark of a fantastic fourth quarter is that a fourth quarter dweller has emotional health. What does emotional health look like? There's a lot been written about emotional intelligence, being self-aware and others aware. And I would urge you to look that up. Daniel Goleman has done a lot of work along with many others on what it means to be emotionally intelligent i also lump into emotional health our minds and we won't have the time in this podcast to talk about the rich resource that we have in our mind we will definitely be talking with experts about that on the podcast in future episodes but your ability to shape and form your thoughts, and focus, and do deep work, and be able to meditate, and be able to think deeply, and make wise decisions in moments. This is what it means to be emotionally healthy. Let's move on to the fifth, and that is vocationally aligned. People in their fourth quarter living a fantastic life are vocationally aligned let's take a look at the word vocation for a second vocation does not mean doing something for which you are paid not all i mean it can mean that but it also will mean those things that you volunteer to do these are the things you do with your mind that that you do with your hands that you do with your time your vocation what is it that you do whether it's for pay pro bono, or if it is a volunteer position, some something in your community, whatever it is, that it becomes the collective of your vocation. What do I mean by aligned? Well, there is a formula that I like to use when I evaluate whether or not I am vocationally aligned, and it's called 3P80. My clients will know what I'm talking about here, because I, I talk about it quite often, 3P80. What does that mean? Well, if you take a typical life and you look at your waking hours, let's say you wake up at five, you go to bed at nine, that, let's see, five, six, seven, eight, nine, six, 16 hours. If you can spend 80% of those 16 hours engaged in activities that are aligned with your passion personality and proficiency then I would say you are firmly aligned your passion the things you care about the things that you are energized by your personality whether you are fast-paced or more methodical whether you are people oriented or task oriented and your proficiency the things that you're skilled at the things that you're good at that come naturally If you can spend 80% of your waking hours engaged in activities that are aligned with your passion, personality, and proficiency, 3P80, and those activities are connected to your vocation, then you are vocationally aligned. That's another hallmark of a fantastic fourth quarter. The last, the sixth and last one is being. Financially free. That's the sixth hallmark of a fantastic fourth quarter. You are financially free. There's the obvious of what we mean by that freedom, debt freedom, freedom from debt, no debt. There's an increase in equity. There is savings, a buffer in the event something happens. There is a retirement account. And I use that term loosely because those of us in the Gen X or younger crowd don't really know what retirement means the baby boomers and the those older will resonate with the concept of retirement because for the most part they that generation those generations worked in one place for multiple decades to pull a pension and retire and do something totally different those of us who are younger retirement means a whole different thing it's it's not really retirement as much as it is pivot or shift or expand out into something else. So when I say retirement account in your financial freedom, I use that term because it's well known, it's carried over for years, but having enough money that if you were unable to generate income through your vocation, that you would have enough. To live on those are the obvious things about financial freedom the not so obvious things are a spirit of generosity you know going to a, a restaurant and ordering your food and noticing that the wait staff the the waiter who's working your table seems to be struggling and you and your spouse ask yourselves what could we do I wonder if there's something that we could do to help. And so it comes to the end of the meal. You get your check. You give them the credit card. They go run the credit card, come back, and give you the receipt. And it's now time to put the tip on. Well, financially free in your fourth quarter means that you have the freedom to say, why don't we give this person who seems to be going through a difficult time an incredible surprise? Rather than the typical 10, 15, 20% tip, let's give them 50%. Financial freedom gives you that ability. And it's an attitude. It is seeing a need and meeting a need, the ability to do that. Financial freedom is also having insurance in the event of your death, being able to take care of your loved ones who will survive you, having enough money to pay the bills, to pay off any debt that is a part of it too and i will also add into financial freedom the the idea of an or the concept of estate planning having the trust having your living will having your will in place all of those even directions for your funeral how you want to be taken care of in the event of your death are you going to be buried or are you going to be cremated? All of these things can be decided before the emotions take over and because it's an extra burden on those who love you to have to make decisions in the midst of their grief. So financial freedom is more than just money. It is taking care of your estate while you're alive so that when you're gone, it can be taken care of without a lot of extra heartache. Those are the six hallmarks of a fantastic fourth quarter, and I'll run through them very quickly. Spiritually grounded, physically fit, relationally rich, emotionally healthy, vocationally aligned, and financially free. This is Scott Kokenauer. I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast. I'll see you later.